0: This is a special episode of Rainbows and Unicorns where I'm giving a keynote speech about returning to work. We're, we're in uh, Baltimore, Maryland at the 2023 NINA Conference. We're gonna talk about using our obstacles as opportunity and growing through your struggle, with a little bit of sprinkle of going back to work full time as a person with a disability that was on government assistance. Oh a little nervous, a little jittery. Oh, here it starts. It's a little scary, but we're gonna give it our best. Gonna send it <laughs> got this, I need this hey I got a chair man I don't need that one. we got one <laughs> Please welcome Jesse Strania. Hello, hello. So I am so excited that you guys are made it this far into this event, and I get to close you out. I'm going to start with some credibility. In the last year and a half, I was, have been seen on GMA3, The Today Show, Women's Day Magazine, Shape.com, and Yahoo.com. I'm very fortunate to have my accomplishments shared to normalize disability a little bit. But before we get to that, we've got to get you to where we came from. As a kid, I always did what I wanted. Nobody could tell me anything. Not my parents, not my teachers, not the police every time I got a speeding ticket. (laughs) But when I first got paralyzed, I had 12 points on my license. I got a ticket two days before I got in my accident. I didn't have to go to court because I was in the hospital. Saved me that one, huh? When they told me I was gonna be wheelchair-bound, I denied it. I said, no, I'm not gonna be bound to anything. I've never been bound to anything, and I'm not letting you define my capabilities. Growing up, my mom was an over-the-road truck driver, so I was raised by my dad. Anyone in here daddy's girl? You know how dads spoil you. So I got everything I wanted. I raced off-road my entire life, Um, He made sure that my sister and I never wanted for anything. But I was never grateful. I feel like we often go through life having everything we want, everything we work for, but we forget to have gratitude for it. We take advantage of it. That's what I did with my abled body. You know what I would do to pee on my own? Not have to use a catheter? Not have accidents? To be able to stand up and reach that thing in the cabinet? We take so much in life for granted because we believe that this moment's permanent, our health is permanent, the relationships we carry are permanent, the people in our circle, our job. Nothing in life is permanent. It can change at any moment in the blink of an eye. Don't take this moment for granted. Then I went to the real world. Graduated high school early with a a nice GPA, started working two to three jobs, restaurant jobs, side weird things, went to orthodontic assisting school, became an orthodontic assistant, and I had to grow up. I bought a house with my boyfriend, we split later, got myself in some credit card debt, was financially irresponsible, because you know, the American dream. (laughs) And I had to file bankruptcy at 21 years old. And then I was in the accident the next year. I became a product of my choices. The biggest issue we have as human beings is not accepting responsibility for the choices we made to get us to where we are. You are responsible for where you currently are in this life. We're constantly looking for somebody else to blame. Look in the mirror. I say all this to say, who you've always been doesn't have to be who you always are. You don't have to define yourself by the labels that these other people give you. And when I first embarked on my personal development journey, I had people trying to categorize me as who they knew me to be when I was non-disabled. Becoming a person with a disability is the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. I would never take back my spinal cord injury. I would never take back my accident because the perspective it gave me on life, self, The world, my faith, it's irreplaceable. Life happens fast, y'all. This is the biggest point of my presentation today. We underestimate our worth as we struggle. And when I became a disabled person, I thought that took away from the woman I am. I thought that made me less than. And y'all don't probably treat people this way because you're in the space. But the real world, they look down on us. They treat us like we're children, like we're incapable. We can't allow other people to dictate our reality. We can't allow other people to define our capabilities. And I thought, when I became a disabled person, I get on Social Security Disability, I have my Medicare, life is cushy, but I'm living in poverty because I'm only getting $1,400 a month, and inflation's crazy, and how am I going to survive? How am I going to afford groceries? I can't even qualify for food stamps because my disability payment's too much, and my Medicare, and my Med- I can't get Medicaid because my disability payment's too much, and the system, like, how do I survive? We, c- we often we often get so caught up in that fear. That fear of how am I going to make it? How am I going to be okay? The only difference between you and I, you see my struggle. I can't hide it from you. You guys can hide whatever it is you're going through, just like I did when I was a non-disabled person. But we're all going through something. It may not be the same, but you're not alone. And so often in this world, we try to get through it alone. So early in the hospital days, I'm going to break down my injury for you guys. Um, So I was in a motorcycle accident. Woman was looking at her phone, made a U-turn in front of us. Driver didn't stop in time. He went through the back window, broke his leg. He's perfectly fine. He was discharged within two week or two days or so. I spent three months in the hospital. I coded twice, had to be resuscitated. So I'm very blessed to be sitting in front of you today. They couldn't get my oxygen levels up. They put the tube down my throat while I was wide awake. That's the third picture on the top that you see. At the first time I picked up my leg to put socks on, it felt like a cold piece of meat. I threw that thing back down. I said, we're not doing this today. I actually used some cuss words, but. The second attempt went way better. The hospital staff was very accommodating in letting my dog come to see me. So I have a little husky, her name's Roxanne. I had to do breathing treatments because my lungs weren't strong enough. And it was very easy to lose hope. The biggest thing is just because you're struggling right now doesn't mean you're going to struggle forever. Nothing in life permanent. Even your struggles. I get the trach out. I get to stand. I get to go. My dog visits again. I get to go home. My parents hang out with me. I did inpatient yoga. Side note, the guy that I'm doing yoga with, we got dis- paralyzed and discharged at the same time. He got discharged to a nursing home because he had nowhere else to go. Eight years later, he still lives in that nursing home. I snuck out of inpatient rehabilitation on Sundays um, to go learn how to drive. (laughs) Because I was like, this is not gonna stop me. This disability is not gonna stop me. And again, nobody could tell me nothing, right? So I looked at my nurse. I said, you're either giving me my medical supplies or I'm just gonna go out and send it. And I mean, if I pee myself, I pee myself. (laughs) We're gonna figure it out. I don't recommend that to anyone, but. (laughs) And then I finally went home with the consistent Practice and effort, things got easier. It showed me that my struggle wasn't forever because nothing in life is permanent. So six months out from my injury, I did a lot. Y'all, I do too much. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I rode passenger in a side-by-side in a race. I got my first car that I was able to actually pay for and pay off quickly. Um, it was the first time i bought a new car and was able to actually meet the end of the payment schedule Um, i got leg braces i got to go to the boston marathon i got a full factory ride from polaris to race off-road and i tried to go back to work (laughs) didn't work out that well (laughs) i made it about four months and i could not manage my paralyzed body i would pee myself have crazy spasms And honestly, I wasn't in the mental headspace. And so often we try to rush ourselves through our struggle, rather than sitting in that struggle, we run from it. And that's exactly what I did. I ran from the fact that I just became a disabled person, and I was like, no, we're going back to the life I lived before. No ifs, ands, and buts about it, I'm figuring it out. And what I didn't understand is because nothing in life is permanent, I couldn't go back to that moment. There is no going back. Once things change, if you lose a parent, a child, a job, home, mobility, (laughs) when you lose those things, there is no going back. And so sitting in it and and moping over it and becoming the victim of it is not going to allow you to continue to live life. You're still here. Yeah, you're struggling now, but that's not going to be permanent if you continue to put the effort in to get out of it. So life resumed. I got back to doing the things that I did before. I found a new normal. I found a new routine. But I was still existing. How many of us feel like we're existing and not truly living? Anyone? I was there too. So when I went back to work, I kept getting complications. I would fall on the floor. I would get UTIs. I was struggling to figure out how to live. And it's because I was trying to go back to that body I had before. I spent thousands of dollars on therapy just trying to walk again. I thought, if I could just walk again, everything will be okay. I don't need to walk to be happy. I found the community. And I'm telling you, when you're going through something, get yourself on a Facebook group, Look for, look for people going through the same struggle. I got into the spinal cord injury groups. That girl on the left, she's flying in at home tomorrow. We've been friends for seven years. I met her on Instagram, drove out to her house in Phoenix, had never met in person. We FaceTimed and Snapchat, so I knew she was legit. My parents thought I was nuts for driving across the country to go stay with some stranger. Her parents thought she was nuts having some stranger come stay with her. But now I have a lifelong friendship and I'm not alone. Community is what uplifts you. We need people. And I know there's a lot of us in here that don't like people. <laughs> 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 but we need them. We, we need the human connection. Human connection is what allows us to be able to continue to grow, to feel not alone in our struggle. Because when you feel alone in your struggle, that's when things get dark and things got dark. I will never forget. I was probably a month out of the hospital and I had a 22 rifle sitting in the corner of my room and every day I'd look at that and I'm like, I could just end it. We could be done. And I was like, Jesse, you just died and you got brought back. You were saved. I was saved the day before my accident. I was an atheist up until the day before my accident. And I went to my ex-boyfriend's grandmother's funeral. And as the pastor was speaking, I felt this warm calmness come over me. And I just knew everything was gonna be okay. But I thought it was for granny's passing. And then the next day I'm in my own accident, code twice and I'm resuscitated. And I see my own grandmother. And she tells me, Jesse Mae, it's not your time. I can't stay with you and you can't stay with me, but there's people you need to get back to. There's things you're left to do. And I kept that in my mind. And you know what that made me do? Give my dad my rifle so I wouldn't make a mistake. And I also thought, girl, you're going to just mess up and give yourself a worse brain injury. (laughs) When I saw others succeeding in life, I quickly realized it was me who was in my own way, not my disability. Not the lack of movement that I'm getting, or the PTs and OTs trying to help me, or the woman that made the U-turn or the guy I was on the bike with. They weren't the issue. It was me who was in my own way. So I want you to look in the mirror. If you're struggling right now, are you in your own way in succeeding? Life became so full. I can't even exaggerate this. I've done 15 Tough mutters. I never did a Tough mutter before I was injured. I wasn't even into fitness. I actually, when I first got paralyzed, I gained 30 pounds, which made me falling on the floor a lot harder to get back up on this chair. <laughs> but I found fitness, and then I found Tough mutters, and I got a team of people, and I gave up that independence that I worked so hard for on the time that I was on course. I've done World's Toughest Mudder, which is the 24-hour event where you're doing obstacles and climbing. I've done it four times. I have the holy grail where I've done night events, timed events, and worlds. I've actually done more night Tough mutters than day. And I'll tell you, when you're zipped up in a wetsuit and it's 32 degrees and you're just in and out of water, shivering, it takes you somewhere mentally. If I wasn't disabled and I didn't overcome the disability, I don't know that I would have thrived as much as I did in the Tough mutters, and vice versa. Because doing uncomfortable things is what allows us to become stronger mentally. I don't care about, I do care about your physical health, I'd be lying if I said otherwise, but I care about your mental health. You have to do hard things to grit your mind so that you become unbreakable. Because this world will always try to break you. It will always try to put a label on you. It will always try to categorize you. And when you stop letting the world control your view of self, you become unbreakable. You become unstoppable. And that's exactly what happened. I traveled internationally this year. I've been to the Bahamas, Sweden, the Netherlands. made me really grateful to be an American. We have it so good in this country, y'all. From the benefits we have to the accessibility I'm wheeling through the Bahamas, and all of a sudden the sidewalk ends, or there's a pole in the middle of the sidewalk. I got bumped down, and like now I'm wheeling in the streets of the Bahamas, of the narrow streets with the cars. I swear a mirror hit me. <laughs> but I did it, and it made me grateful, and it gave me perspective. Because so often we moan and bitch and complain about how bad it is here and how terrible things are. You've got to get out of your little town. You've got to get out of your little circle. You've got to get out of this country to see actually how good things are. And I didn't realize that, and I took that for granted. Fitness and nutrition obviously changed my life. I lost 30 pounds. I became independent. I became an athlete. I've competed. And now I get to do the same for others. But it's really the community. We have community meetups in Charlotte. I bring the community together so that way we're all not feeling alone. And you guys can do the same thing in your community. If you've had a child that committed suicide, a parent that passed away, create support groups because those things never get easier. I'm lucky to still have my parents, but I've realized that there's gonna be a day that I'm gonna wanna call my mom and I'm not gonna be able to. And I'm gonna lean on somebody that's going through the same thing because that's gonna make me realize, oh, I'm not the only one that feels this way. When I started working for my personal best, I gained full freedom. So I'm 160 pounds on the left. Um, The middle is when I started my physical and mental journey. And the mental journey I cannot emphasize enough, y'all. That is the most important thing you can do for yourself, besides eating clean. I'm biased. (laughs) But what you do mentally matters. Are you scrolling social media, consuming all the crap in other people's lives? Are you watching the news? Don't do that. <laughs> These things, you have to realize what you consume, the people you're around, the content you're consuming, it has a direct effect on your mental health, on your mental well being. And if you feel like the world's ending, take a step back and look at what you're consuming. How can you improve on that? And then I went back to work full time. And honestly, it wasn't until I went back to work full time that I understood my capabilities. For seven years, I lived on social security disability in poverty, seven years. I didn't think I could do what I did before I was injured. But then my dad got COVID. My dad has unmanaged diabetes. He's very poor health. Come on, dad. (laughs) And he got put in the hospital. And about two weeks in, I remember he called us. It's the first time I ever heard my dad cry. And they said, please don't let me, please don't let them vent me. Please don't let me, please, I'm not ready to die. Please don't let them vent me. And that's when I realized, holy crap, this is really serious. I might lose my dad. And I rent the basement for my parents. My parents' house was completely set up for a wheelchair user before I was paralyzed. Roll-in shower, bars beside the toilet. All I had to do was put a ramp and lift in. That's not divine intervention. I don't know what is. So I rent the basement for my parents, I, but it's a small amount of rent. They charge me 250 a month. Like, come on, am I really paying rent? <laughs> my mom was really nervous. She's like, Jesse, I don't know what's going to happen if we lose your dad. I don't know where you're going to live where I'm gonna live, what we're gonna do with the animals. So I'm like, holy crap, I'm about to live in my car. So I started applying for apartments and I applied for a home loan. Guess what? My income was too small. I have to go back to work. All right, how are we gonna do this? I applied to five places. Two didn't call me back. One gave me a denial, two gave me an interview. One gave me an interview, said thank you for your time, sent me on, the other one said, let's get you in here for a working interview. We're gonna see what you can do. And I was honest with her, I said, look, I haven't done this in seven years, I don't know how to do this from a wheelchair, but we're gonna figure it out. And she said, I'm giving you a chance, like, go ahead. I went in, I worked on two patients, was almost as fast as I was seven years ago. And I was like, oh, I can do this, holy crap, all right. And they hired me. Within three months, I became the clinic lead. And I'm managing the clinic. I have patients that were Jesse-only patients, but they asked for the girl in the wheelchair. <laughs> I always went up front, did she, did she say Jesse? Because I wore a name tag so they would know my name. No, they asked for the girl in the wheelchair, <laughs> but I thrived. For seven years, I held myself back because of fear. How many of us are holding ourselves back because of fear, not taking that leap, right? I'm telling you, faith over fear. If you have a dream, go after it with every single ounce of your being. And it's not gonna be easy, it's really hard work. I was working 40 hours a week and managing my fitness clients, still coaching, still managing the nonprofit, I went home, I literally got off work, had an hour commute, went home, went right back to work. Because my dream of working for myself was bigger than my dream of going back to doing what I did. I felt like I took a step back. It felt like I was relying on plan B. How many of us rely on plan B when plan A just doesn't seem obtainable? Yeah. So I realized how much I used my struggle as an excuse not to. When I went back to work, it was a huge adjustment. <laughs> I went from sleeping in, you know, doing what I want, leisure throughout the day, to having to be in the clinic at 7.30 <laughs> with an hour commute. <laughs> so it definitely tossed things up, and I quit the habits that put me in a good mental state. So there's a few things I do in the morning that are crucial to my success. I read 10 pages of a nonfiction personal development book. The best thing you can do is learn from other people's experience. It's free. And you can shortcut things in your life. I average 14 to 15 books a year. And I've learned so much in the last three years from doing that habit. But I quit it when I went back to work because I just wanted to sleep in just a little longer. I get my standing frame first thing in the morning when I'd read my book. That way my body wouldn't hurt as bad after the long work day. But I stopped doing that. Stopped going to the gym. I just tossed everything out. Why is it that we always return to our baseline? There's an individual, his name's Ed Milette. He says that we have a thermostat. So if your thermostat in your house is set at 70 degrees and you raise yourself up to 100, what's gonna happen? That thermostat's gonna kick on lower your temperature back to 70. That's exactly what happens to us as individuals. We try to implement a new workout routine, or better eating, we're doing a diet, or we're trying to work on our mind. How long does it last? Because we didn't redefine ourselves to our core. So until you define yourself as that person you want to be, you will always go back to who you've always been, because that person has more time under the belt. I found that out just recently. Three weeks ago, I had a major spinal surgery. They took out all the old hardware in my back because I broke it in half and they put new in. I had, at the beginning of summer, I had 76 days to prepare for surgery. So I did a mental grit development program to prepare. I prepared for surgery. Who prepares for surgery? Usually people just put their legs up and call it a day. I'm in this back brace all summer long, working out, sweating my butt off but it allowed me to bounce back. Three days, I was discharged from the hospital. They cut open my entire spine. Three days. Within a week, I was off pain pills. And within three weeks, I'm sitting up here talking to you guys today. What you do matters. What you do now matters. If you wanna be able to play with your grandkids, if you wanna feel good 10 years from now, start making the effort now. Take care of yourself now because you can't wait until you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s. You could could start then, but I see it with my parents. My dad can barely get up and down the steps, and he did it to himself. It's because of everything he did leading up to being 70 years old. I became confident, and you can become confident too but it starts when you start showing up for yourself. Confidence is built and has to be maintained. Just like your finances, just like your relationships, just like your health, everything has to be maintained. If you stop doing the habits that got you to where you're at, you're not gonna continue to grow to get better. When I went back to work, I got a letter from Social Security. Now, mind you, I went back to work in 2022. They send me a letter asking for my wages from 2019. There was no fill in on this documentation for a tax return. They wanted wages. I only had a tax return. How, what? What what do you mean? How do I, how do I send you this and not that? I was lost. When I was in the hospital, they were like, here, we're gonna get you on social security disability, and that was it. I never got information about if I wanted to go back to work. I didn't understand the Ticket to Work program. I had no understanding of the bigger picture. And I remembered I lobbied in D.C. with an individual named Josh Basel, you guys saw him earlier this week. Um, And he's like, hey, Jesse, this is in 2020. He's like, if you ever go back to work, hit me up. I got, I'll help you out. And I spaced until I got that letter and I was like, oh, I can message Josh. And then Josh got me connected with Heather at Full Circle. Yo, when I tell you that was a godsend, that was a godsend. What y'all do matters. That woman saved me, saved me from a broken system that to be fair, all systems kind of need work, right? But if it wasn't for her saying, this is what I need, I can communicate for you, I would be lost. I'd probably still be receiving checks. But it gets better. So I, my disability benefits ended at the end of last year. I still received my overpayment, threw it in my savings account, because I know better. Y'all want your money back, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I knew better, and I saved it. I got the letter in May, hey, you have $7,900 of overpayment. No big deal. I'll transfer it out of my savings account and my checking, write them a check, send it, call it a day. Get a letter back. You've been paid in full. You're good to go. A month later, I get another letter. Your check bounced. What? But the money came out of my account. It was, it's a terrifying thing. And if I didn't have an individual like Heather to be like, hey, what do I do? How do I handle this? I don't know that I would, I would have probably panicked and been like, oh my God, now the government's gonna get me for twice the money, what do I do, right? But it's because of what you guys do. You got, like Y'all don't even know how impactful it is on us. I would have been lost. I probably would have spent the money like a lot of my friends do when they get an overpayment there's a lot of people in the disabled community that didn't, weren't fortunate enough to be connected with people like you. Get involved in the community. Let people know what you do. If you have an adaptive sports program near you, please just go volunteer once every couple of months. Make it known of like, hey, if you want to go back to work, I can serve you. I'll help you out. I'll help you navigate the ins and outs of the system. You don't have to do this alone. Because just like every other struggle in your life, you don't have to do it alone. Personal excellence is key in life. If you want to see change, you have to become the change. So often we just moan and complain about how the world's going to crap or all the trash on the ground. Have you picked up a piece of trash? What have you done to change it besides moan and complain about it? Another example, the Medicaid buy-in program. You know that resource limit, and then we lose it? I got the information, I'm connected with the people, and I'm gonna fight in my own state to get that removed. If I want to see change, it starts with me. Because no offense, non-disabled people don't understand. You don't get it, you don't get the fear. Going back to work was the scariest thing I've ever done. It was even scarier than my paralysis. And it wasn't even about losing my disability check. It was about losing my benefits. Catheter supplies. I use catheters to go to the bathroom. It's the way I drain my bladder. I have what's called a neurogenic bladder. It doesn't work. I have to use a catheter. If I didn't have health insurance, I'd be paying $1,200 a month just to pee. With Medicare, I paid $200 a month, a little better. But I'm also still on disability, so it's like $1,400 a month. You know, you got to get really good, really creative with budgeting. (laughs) These are things that people don't realize. You just see, this is a number. This person's taking this amount. Okay. What do we? They're getting off the benefits. Not my problem. Moving on. But it is. It's a bigger issue, y'all. Like, I know you, you guys see it. I'm preaching to the choir. You get it, but what you you do matters because you give us hope that we're gonna be okay, that we're gonna be capable of working full time and living a full life and not being in poverty because we deserve more than that, disabled or not. As you begin to change, as you begin to raise your temperature, it's gonna get uncomfortable really fast, really fast. But the more you work through that discomfort, the stronger you become and the more rewarding that change is. Working showed me that I just have to do more hard things to become a little harder up here. Not let the world take me down, not allow other people to define what I'm capable of. Not my parents, not my peers, not strangers on the internet. Y'all are capable of more. There's a very good chance you're living under your potential And if you decide to go out and do more and be more, it's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna suck for a little bit, but then it gets really fun. And next thing you know, you're on GMA in the Today Show and you have a two-page spread in a magazine. (sighs) Crazy. Get out of your own dang way. If you don't get out of your way, nothing's gonna change. You are the only person holding you back. For so long, I define my worth on my physical being. I'm educated, I'm worthy, but I allowed my disability to determine otherwise. How many of us are allowing our limiting beliefs of self to hold us back, to stop us from being a better wife, husband, parent? You don't have to go out and impact the world, but the way you impact the people in your own circle, that matters. Lead by example. If you want to see change, be the change, and then that impacts other people. It took me three years, but now my dad's walking every day with my mom because I've led by example for all this time. He's making better choices when he's eating. Again, my 70-year-old dad who's like, I'm not changing for nothing. (laughs) I'm not eating healthy. That's exactly what he tells me. That stuff stinks. (laughs) I'm like, Dad, I want you to be here. Maybe I'll meet someone and get married one day. I'd I'd love for you to see that. So think about that. What impact are you having on your kids, on your peers, on your friends? What impact are your friends having on you? Your family, what impact are they having on you? How many situations do you leave feeling drained? Don't allow people to steal your shine and don't be the person to steal other people's shine. Be the light in the world, even if it's just impacting that small circle. You have to think that small circle is going to impact their smart circle. Their circle is going to impact that circle. And that's how we create massive change. So what I ask you guys is to wheel with me Use life's obstacles as your opportunity because nothing in life is permanent. Thank you. Does anyone have any questions? I'm like literally clearly I talk about peeing and pooping, so I'm an open book. Anyone? Please don't be shy. You don't have to say your name. are you still working as uh I quit my job in July and I am working full-time for myself as a fitness and nutrition coach, so I am living my dream. Absolutely. So, if anyone that you guys have in mind too, uh, Wheel With Me, it's called Wheel With Me Adapt Fit. I believe in the power of collaboration over competition. So, I actually combined my fitness app with another wheelchair user in the similar fitness space, and we're creating a massive community for wheelchair users for fitness, mental wellness, and health. So, feel free to take my name, um, give her my name connect me if she's comfortable, give me like her social media, and I'll reach out to her. I send everybody message, video messages. Like, she needs to see other people succeeding and in, in living and thriving in this life. The biggest issue is a lot of these people don't want to get involved with the community because then that's what makes it real. And she needs community, for sure. That's what's going to allow her to be successful. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you. So we have a private Facebook group that we do two group calls a week. It's completely free. It's called Wheel With Me Adapt Fit. Non-disabled people join too. Please come join us. But the biggest thing is making whatever change you want in life, it has to be a non-negotiable. It's like, I'm committed to this for this reason. But you have to understand the why. The why can't just be weight loss. It's I'm trying to preserve the longevity of my independence. I want to be able to live a long, full life, an easy, full life with minimal health complications. So, you have to understand on a deeper level why you're doing it. And then it's a non negotiable in your life. Well, I'm doing it for this reason, non negotiable. I'm doing, like, there's no such thing in my world as dieting. The way I eat is the way I eat. I'm not on a diet, it's my lifestyle because I'm preserving the longevity of my independence. That's why I work out. And anytime I, like, When I was recovering from surgery, I ate a lot of cheesecake and pizza, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) And I did get off track for about two weeks. And it's having that mental conversation with yourself and looking in the mirror, literally I look in the mirror and I'm like, Jesse, what the hell are you doing? You worked so hard to get to this place and now you're gonna just throw it away. You owe yourself more than that. You're worth more than that. You owe yourself more than that. You worked hard to get to where you currently are you deserve to continue to progress. So it's making that commitment to yourself. Because you're out here committing to everybody else, you gotta commit to you. And, and it was for a health challenge was why I did it, but it's like, I'm, I, it's like the food is a Mhm. <laughs> it is, it's what they, it's what, what's in our food, right? It's addictive. <laughs> Just under, understanding your why though. You, it can't be for a challenge. It can't be for the vanity of it, right? It's, it's so much deeper than that. And it's, it's because you love yourself. That's why you, that's why you did the health challenge, is because you love yourself. On a deeper level, you're like, oh, I'll lose a couple pounds. But what, what happened? What was a byproduct of that, right? You start loving yourself more. You start getting confident. You're like, ooh, dang girl, I like the way you look. All right. <laughs> and those things will carry on. How did you find out about the Ticket to Work program? Josh. Yeah, Josh Basil. So I had gotten letters in the mail and uh, with anything that I get from like Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security, I just ripped it up and threw it away. (laughs) I'm like, I don't need this. Um, So then it was Josh. He's like, I got on the call with him, and he's like, all right, so I'm gonna get you, you're no longer with, I had VR services previously, so I wasn't able to actually work with him. And so, whenever I was finally off VR services, he's like, all right, we're gonna get you on Ticket to Work, and I'm like, what's that? (sighs) I had already been working two, I'm like, I've been working two months, what do you mean, what's Ticket to Work? Um, And then, again, I got on the call with Heather, and then she explained it more, and she's like, all right, we have this nine month trial period, it's not consecutive, um, but you're gonna go back, and after that nine months, like, can't be spending those checks you got to make sure cuz they're going to want the money back and it was that guidance man that it's it's just having guidance and people that tell you because how many of us i mean we get things in the mail and we just rip it up and not read it right like we're all guilty of that and the disabled community is just as bad we need somebody to tell us hey which is why i encourage you guys to get out in your communities Go hang out with the adaptive sport communities, whether it's for the blind, spina bifida, spinal cord injury, adaptive athletes as a whole. The more that you're able to volunteer and see there, what happens is they'll be like, oh, well, what do you do? And then you're like, oh, well, I help people like you go back to work, you know? And then you're creating a resource. So then there's one person that knows this is available, and that person's gonna tell somebody, which is what I've been doing. So like I post, I'm a social media influencer. I hate that word. Um, And so I post about it. I get Josh on lives with me, and we talk about it. it's like, hey, if you're tired of living in poverty, let's go back to work. Let's contribute to society. And you feel so much more full as a disabled person when you're contributing, when you're a contributing member and not just taking. Anyone else? Go in once, go in twice, sold! (laughs) (laughs) So this is my um, phone number and email. Great, thank you so much. Thank you, I appreciate it. It's so good to meet you. Thank you. Absolutely. You stay strong, okay? okay. Seriously. Okay. So Thank you. Hi, I'm Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Nice to Good to meet you. Um, I actually manage our success stories, which purpose. perfect. Oh, okay. Hi, that's so, me. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that is you. Thank you. For sharing. Absolutely. I just appreciate um, being here. I think it's just. That's Honestly, great. it's such an honor to get to, to get to come speak to the people that changed my life. Seriously. I'm telling. Hello. Nice you. So good to thank meet you. Thank you so much for coming today. It was such an inspiration. Thank you for listening. I break my budget down literally to the week, and so I shared that with them and like how I learned how to budget living on disability and being able to thrive. So yes, um, I have a, I have a nonprofit. We host. Um, we do like. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. We'll be reaching out. Yeah, Instead I know. B, I know. I, I've stuff. always operated on plan B, and finally I'm doing plan A, and yeah, it just it's so A. rewarding. one, two, three. Perfecto. You're, welcome. you're welcome. So if you're not ready to get uncomfortable with you might as well just <laughs> there's the door. You know, whatever. Yeah. I haven't thought about it. So don't, don't beat yourself up for you know, enjoying see, life. Yeah, because I go on vacation, and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to do it anyway. So, um, but... You really hit the- Hello. Hi, I just want to say thank you. Absolutely. I mean, Just made me cry. Oh. I just thank you. Absolutely. Do you want to come Will you hug me? Is that cool? Hello, Hi, I'm Becky Ray. Good to meet you, Becky. Nice Ray. to meet you. How inspiring and, and giving a little bit of hustle. <laughs> I was I like, about is anybody gonna night? get up like, with me at 6 a.m. So sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Jessie. Jessie. <laughs> I was down there. She looked. Jessie she turned around. There I was. Like, yes. <laughs> My paralysis is infrequent, so but when it happens, it's it like happens. very real. Yes. <laughs> um, and so yeah, no. This was this is beautiful. Like, and I'm also an Sj.